good to see you. And uh, you are looking good. Tell your neighbor you are looking good. Uh, come on, you must, you must say that of, of confidence. Say you're looking good. Amen. The, well, first and foremost, I want to just, just put it in there that everybody knows about tomorrow morning. I, I most likely will say it one or two times is uh, tomorrow morning we, of course, are celebrating Christmas. And um, I want to ask you, please, tomorrow morning service is 9 o'clock. I want to really encourage you to come early and uh, to get a seat because we will be absolutely full and overflowing. Amen. Uh, thank God that Jesus died, but I would be more thankful still that He was born. Can I say that again? It's awesome that He died and there's a lot of things that happened through His death, but He was born. The King was born. And because He lives, you and I live. And because He's alive, you and I can have a life. Are you there? Thank you that the King came. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 15 to 17. I want to speak to you this morning just for a few minutes on what I felt the Spirit of the Lord just really deal with me during this last couple of days. And that is the topic of redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Save me, redeeming the time. I, at every end of the year and specifically at the end of this year, I, over a period or course of time of my life, I've asked the Lord this question, when and when or, when or what is success? Let me say that again. When or what is success? I always ask the question, Lord, was this a successful year? Did we, did we do this? Did we do that? I, I always ask the question and I've sat with people and I've asked them the question once or twice, what is success for you? How do you determine success? Is success what you make? Is success what you do? Is success the amount of projects that you have run? What is success to you? And over time, I've come to define success as a single word, and that's the word obedience. Were I obedient to the Lord? Because sometimes we don't have the full picture. We just have some of the picture, but we still have His voice. And so you and I are called to a life of obedience. Amen? Save me obedience. And so obedience is success. When you are obedient to the Lord, you are successful in the Lord. The Bible makes it clear. It says, do not be deceived by hearing the word. Do what it says. Are you there? But I, as we are drawing closer to 2024, can you imagine 2024? We are there. As we are drawing closer to 2024, I felt the Lord say to me that, um, and I'll be very more specific on, on New Year's Eve, uh, service and on New Year's Day when we have our services then. But I, and specifically New Year's Eve service, I'll go really deep into it. I, I feel like, or I felt more and more like 2023 uh, is exactly according to Psalm 126, where it was a time where people sowed with tears. And I felt the Lord say to me, in the sowing of the tears like 2023 was, 2024 will be a time that people will move from sowing in tears to reaping in joy. Can I have an amen just on that? And as I was thinking about what I'm going to, what the Lord wants me to share on New Year's, because New Year's is a very important service for us, um, the Lord started to speak to me about this service today. And He said to me, tell my people, I want to redeem time. 
Time is something that does not wait for any of us. Let me read the scripture and then I'll explain. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 15 to 17 says this, Look therefore carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, this Bible tells us, the Scripture tells us that God wants us to redeem the time. He wants us to maximize time. Are you there? Have you ever been in, this, in a discussion of somebody and when you leave the discussion or leave the time that you were with the, that person, that you feel like that was a waste of time? Come on, have you ever left a, a company of people and you think to yourself, why was I even there? Have you, have you sit here this morning, have you ever spent a year and you think, uh, what has happened to this year? I don't even know how I came through this year. Have you ever been like there? Are you there? Are you, are you guys okay? In other words, we, we need to understand that time is a common commodity. All of us that sit here, we have the same amount of time. You've got 24 hours every day. I've got 24 hours every day. And what I've realized is, is, is this, is that not everybody spend time the same way. The difference between uh, you and another person is how you spend time. It's not how much talent the person has or how much gifting they have or where they were born or the ethnicity, none of that. It's all about how you spend time. The way you spend time is directly proportionate according to how much you understand about your purpose. Come on, are you there? If you understand why you are here, why you are born, what's the purpose of you being here, you will not waste time. Come on, are you okay? Come on guys, just say amen or something this morning here um, that I know you guys are with me here on Easter. Oh, Easter. Um, on this uh, Sunday just before Christmas. Uh, my mind is there already. Shouldn't be. Time, time is a common commodity. I want you also to note that time waits for nobody. Look at the person next to you. Say, time waits for nobody. Your gray hair or no hair will tell you that time waits for nobody. Time goes on and time is something that's common to all of us. And what I want us to understand just this morning is that the way we spend time, the way we do time or the way that we use time means what we will get out of time. And Jesus says, through the Apostle Paul, the Word of the Lord declares that through the Apostle Paul, redeeming the time for the days of evil, understanding what the will of God is. In other words, you and I have a responsibility to understand the will of God. Are you there? Now, the will of God is discerned through the Word of God. And once you've discerned the will of God, you have to understand the ways of God. And once you understand the ways of God, you have to understand the timing of God. Those are three things that we all have to understand. We need to know the will of God. What does He want? Secondly, we need to know the ways of God. How does He want to do it? And thirdly, we need to know the time of God. When does He want to do it? When we have all of the above, we're walking in the perfect will of God. Amen. Are you there? And God wants to redeem the time. He doesn't want you to waste time anymore because you're not going to be here forever. May I say this and I, be, I want to be clear on this. 
Time is temporary, but life is eternal. Say it again. Time is temporary, but life is eternal. And as you look over 2023, you must ask yourself the question, was there any moment of this year that I wasted time? Because you don't want to waste time because time is a currency. For example, the businessman will tell you that time is money. Why? The more time he spends, the less money he can make. But the more productive he can use his or her time, the more money they can produce. Are you there? Everybody with me? So I want us to understand time is temporary, but life is eternal. All of you that sit here this morning and all the people that are online, you are going to live forever. Oh, let me say that again. You are going to live forever. The way you live this life will determine how you're going to spend eternity. Let me say that again. You will live forever. But how you live your life here and now will determine where you will spend your eternity. Time is a disruption of eternity. Let me say it again. Time is a disruption of eternity. When you and I go to be with the Lord, or when we, we put down the stent, we slip out of time into eternity. Are you there? So while we were in the body, we were just in time. What is time? Time is an interruption in eternity. Please note that God is eternal. Oh, come on, are you guys there? God is eternal. Now, look at this scripture with me. Job chapter number 14 and verse number 5 says this. A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set the limits he cannot exceed. Interesting. Let me go further. Psalm 39 verse number 4. O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. In other words, the Bible says in Job 14 verse number 5, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set the limits he cannot exceed. Then the second scripture that goes with this that is very important, says, O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. In other words, the psalmist says this, Lord, make known my end to me so that I may live now according to my end. Let me ask you a question here and it's, and it's, and it's a very, you have to just get the understanding. If you know where the finish line is, it will change the way you run the race, right? Why? Because you understand where the finish line is. If you don't pace yourself in the race towards the finish line, what might happen is you might have run out of energy before you reach the, the finish line. Let me use an example. Have you, have you seen people that don't have understanding, for example, run a race? They're quickly out of the blocks. The, the pace is too quick. Everything is too quick. And what happens? Five kilometers in, six kilometers in, seven kilometers in, they start to fall out of the race. Why? They didn't have understanding of the full extent of the race. May I encourage you this morning, the Bible says you and I can ask the Lord, Lord, what is the extent of our days so that we may be wise in our time? Let me say it like this. I'm 41. I will never be 41 again. 
You might sit here and you may be 50. You may be never 50 again. You may use all the Botox in the world. You will never be 50 again. That thing will click over to 51 and 52 and 53. You might sit here with less hair than what you had when you were 30. Anybody with me? Please don't look around. The point is time waits for nobody. However, the Bible says God wants to redeem time. And if God wants to redeem time, you and I must say, yes, Lord. So that we don't be, that we are not wasters of time. It's so important as we are drawing to an end of a year and we're going into a next year. I pray this, that every area where you have felt like time was wasted, circumstances were wasted, that that will be the very areas that God will redeem. Oh, come on. Can I have an amen? Now, the Bible says redeeming the time. Save me, redeem. The word deem here is very important for us because it means to own again. To own it again. In other words, God wants you to own it again. And so for many of us that sit here this morning and even those that are online, it might feel like you have lost time. It might feel like you have lost situations, lost circumstances. However, the Bible says redeeming the time. In other words, God says, I want to deem it again. I want you to own it again. I want you to be on top of this again. I want you to be the owner of this. I'm giving it back to you. I, what I love about the stories of Jesus is this, is that Jesus has this amazing capacity that everybody that meets Him, He redeems their time. There's nobody that encounters the Lord and they stay the same. Every single person that encounters Jesus changes. It's like the Lord is out to redeem people and their time. More importantly, the Lord is out time and time again, not just to redeem people, but to refocus people that they step into who they are. Come on, are you guys there? Are you with me? Let me say it like this. And I, and I want us just to understand this. There might be many seasons to a life, but there's one purpose of a life. You are here because God has a purpose in mind and it looks like you. And as we are drawing closer to 2024, I pray that you will never, ever, ever waste any more time but that you will live out your days in new success. Let me say it like this. In a seven days from now, we're going to step into a new year. And because we are stepping into a new year, I love that word new year because it means that this year's things can stay here. So you might have been lonely this year, but not next year. You might have not have enough this year, but not next year. You might have not had all the situations for you this year, but next year you have it. I might have been sick this year, but not next year. Can we please have, have a mentality to keep on moving with the Lord that we say we are not stuck, nor stagnant, nor labeled in a last year. No, in seven days from now, you can use the terminology last year. Seven days from now, you can say, ah, oh, that was last year's problems. Don't let issues, problems, people, situations, or circumstances follow you into your new year.
Oh, there's a lot of amens that should happen. Let them stay. You have a right to move on. Oh, it's quiet. You have a right to move into a new year. Let me ask you this, this, this question. How often do we not go through circumstances and events and we become older, but we park our lives at the event? We go through a traumatic experience. We go through a disappointment. We go through a failure. We go through um, a circumstance that we didn't ask for. How many times do we not stop our lives and we start to view our lives through that place that we had that event at? Are you with me? Secondly, how much or how many times do we allow other people to keep us at that event? Let's say you've experienced divorce. I want you to start to change the narrative of your life and not keep stuck at a place that you are a divorcee. Let's say you've had trauma in the past. Don't keep on defining your life through what the trauma that has happened to you. Because if that were true, then Jesus conquered nothing. But if He conquered this world, then you cannot stay stagnant or stuck or labeled. You have to move on. Are you there? And, and may I say it like this? Sometimes this, the, the places that we get stuck and stagnant is not worthy of your potential. Let me help everybody in the room because I feel the Spirit of the Lord say this to me. You have to have the ability to say to people, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. You have to have that grace. Because sometimes, and let me just speak about this just for two seconds. What is that power? The power of forgiveness is the power of reset. Because whenever you forgive, you reset innocence. Let me say that again. Whenever you forgive, you reset innocence. Tomorrow morning, we're going to celebrate Christmas. And it's not just that, that Jesus came. It's that Jesus is still alive. It's not just that He died. He was born. And because He is alive, you and I can on a daily basis, the Bible says, my mercies are new every day. That means every single day, you have been given a new 24 hours. Only, only foolish mindsets will take the past into the future. Leave the past in the past and move on. Come on, clap. Say, yes, Lord. We will move on. <laughs> you have to. Let me say it like this. Often that what the Lord has placed in your life doesn't look like the Lord are doing everything according to your design. And it's not because the Lord is not doing it. It is because God's method is different than your methods. Let's take Joseph as an example. Joseph had a massive dream. Joseph's dream was that his brothers will bow down to him. He's going to basically had a dream to save the world. However, Joseph finds himself in a prison cell. Doesn't look like a dream. Doesn't look like the Lord even gave him the dream because he's in a prison cell. 
So the prison cell seems contradictory to the dream. However, the prison cell was meant, and please note, I'm not saying that God causes prison cells. What I am saying is God positions people in weird ways. His ways are higher than my ways. Sometimes I don't understand how he's positioning, but he is positioning. And so if we look at Joseph, what you see is that while Joseph is in this prison cell, he meets two other people. He meets, meets the baker, he meets the wine taster, and then one of them loses his head, not in a good way, and the other one goes back to Pharaoh. And God makes Pharaoh dream. And the answer of Pharaoh's dream is locked up in Joseph. Come on guys, are you there? If Joseph stopped dreaming, Pharaoh will die of hunger. Let me say it again. If Joseph stopped dreaming, Pharaoh would have died of hunger because the solution of Pharaoh was locked up in Joseph. I'll say it again. The solution of Pharaoh was locked up in Joseph. The reason why the enemy would love you to stop dreaming is because you are somebody's solution. You are a community solution. Hopefully you are a nation solution. Hopefully you are a solution to your family. Hopefully you are a solution to your children. You are a solution. And what the enemy would love to do is to make you stop dreaming. Let me say it like this. If your dream does not upset the people that is hanging around with you, let's upset that dream. Let us upset some people and make it a God dream. I have often seen that the dreams of God upset the people. Come on, are you there? Who do you think you are to dream that dream? Why are you believing for the impossible? Come on, can you imagine? Can you imagine how offended the, the people must have been at Joseph and Mary, you know, if they could have said, this son of mine is a great architect and this son of mine was a, is, a, is a great plumber, for example, not necessarily now back in that day. And then Mary and Joseph come along and they say, my son is the son of God. That's a big statement. However, God said it. Before they say it, are, are you with me? The point is that that you have inside of you, this dream that is inside of you must be God's dream. And this dream that is inside of you must be so big, it must be so advanced that it sometimes upset the status quo around you. Because people must ask the question, who do you think you are to dream a dream like that? How do you believe that what you are believing for? Listen. You have to know if it's God's dream, it will come to pass. Now, what, I, what, I've, what the Lord said to me is this. Jesus does not keep people at their points of failure because He's redeeming time. The lady comes, she has sinned. They pick up the stones. They are ready to stone her. Jesus does not pick up a stone. Why does he not pick up a stone? Because he is the stone that was to be rejected. He doesn't pick up a stone. Why? He lets the lady go free. He says to her, go and sin no more. Let me reword that in 2023 just a little bit. Go and stop being stuck in missing the mark. 
The word sin is the Greek word harmatia, and it means to miss the mark. So Jesus says, let me reset you. Neither do I condemn you. Stop missing the mark and go and stop sinning. Are you there? Now let's go a little bit deeper. Your life is measured by your donation and not by your duration. Not a lot of amens. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it now. Life is not measured by your duration, but by your donation. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was not around for a very, very long time, yet he had a massive impact. Let me say it like this. You must be around a long time. And I hope I have more amens than that. The reason why God wants you to be around for a long time is because God doesn't need you in heaven. He needs you here. God wants you so much here that He gave you a healing program to heal you while you are here. God wants you so much here because it is as it is in heaven, let it be so upon the earth. But we can't do the kingdom mandate unless we are focused on how we spend our time. Many people waste time. And because we waste time, you can't get that time back. However, I believe the Lord gave me a word for you today and say to you, I want to redeem their time. Let's say you have lost a loved one. Let's say you've lost a business partner. Let's say you've lost a business. God can redeem that situation. God can redeem another business. God can redeem another fresh start. God can redeem another fresh season. He is not stuck in time. He is eternal. Come on, guys. Are you with me? We must not beat ourselves up for a, for a, a specific time or a moment. No, you have your whole life ahead of you. Come on, guys. Are you there? We must... Let me, let me give you encouragement this morning. It is in the, the waiting on the Lord that we understand that we are made for more. I'll say it again. It is in the waiting on the Lord that you know you are made for more. You that sit here, if you have frustration that, that is inside of you, feel frustrated. You know why you're frustration? Frustration is purpose wanting out. Any person that's frustrated, it means that there's greater inside of you. Oh, let me say it like this. Jesus is a genius. While I drove back from the coast, the Lord said to me, he said, said, tell my people I'm a genius. And I started to think about this, this for a moment. What made Jesus a genius? Or what makes a genius a genius? Just a question. What makes, what makes a genius a Jesus? A genius. What makes a genius a genius? And I started to think about certain geniuses. For example, Mozart was a genius, right? Uh, Beethoven was, he was a genius. The, these people were brilliant with music. Then you get um, Einstein, mathematics, brilliant with mathematics. Genius. Then I started to think to myself, was Jesus a genius? And the obvious first answer is yes, he had to be. But then Every genius, if I just name them again, Mozart, Beethoven, um, Isaac Newton is another one, Einstein is another one. What makes them geniuses? 
And the answer is what makes them geniuses is they, they are experts in a very specific field. Uh, Einstein was an expert in mathematics. Mozart, Mozart was an expert in music, in, in music, right? Experts. They made good people look average. Jesus is the only Jesus, genius, that you can hang out with that changes you. Let me explain. If I hang out of Mozart, I do not become like Mozart. If I, if I hang out with Beethoven, I don't become like Beethoven. If I hang out of Isaac Newton, I don't become like him. If I spend time with Albert Einstein, I don't become like Albert Einstein. However, if I spend time with Jesus, I become like Jesus. Because what was Jesus' expertise? Come on, give the Lord just a praise offering for five seconds. What is Jesus' expertise? Jesus' expertise is He uses the human spirit as a canvas of change. I'll say it again. Jesus' genius lies that He uses the human spirit as a canvas to change. What does that mean? It means somebody could miss the Lord for 50 years of their lives, completely ignore the Lord, and at the age of 50, meet the Lord, be introduced to Jesus. Jesus saves their spirits. He saves their souls. He changes the way they think. And what does He do? He redeems their lives. Jesus is redemptive power. And that's the point. The point is if you and I hang out of Jesus, you and I become redemptive in nature. Because whoever you hang out with, you become like. Hang out of negativity, you become negative. Hang out of the drunkards, you become a drunk. Hang out of the prostitutes, you become a prostitute. The bad company corrupts good morals. However, good company changes who you are. I promise you, take some time and hang out of Jesus just long enough and I promise you, your whole life will change. He's the best friend. He's better than the person that tells you that they're your friend. Because many people walk out, but the Lord remains. Oh, so the genius of Jesus is this. Let me say it like this. The genius of Jesus is, Jesus is extraordinary. He is extraordinary. You and I are ordinary people. But what makes us extraordinary is that somebody extraordinary was born inside of us. And because somebody extraordinary is born in the ordinary, the ordinary becomes extraordinary based on what is born on the inside. So that's why you and I are not ordinary. We are extraordinary. Why are we extraordinary? We are carriers of the extraordinary. We are carriers of the supernatural. We are carriers. We have a blood that runs in your veins that calls you kings and priests of God. What I like about Jesus, I'll, I'll use two more scriptures. What I, what I like about the Lord or what I love about the Lord, He never leaves people at the place that He finds them. 
The lady at the well becomes the evangelist of the town. Simon the Reed becomes Peter the Rock. Saul the betrayer becomes Paul that wrote two-thirds of your Bible. Mary the prostitute becomes Mary the evangelist. The Bible makes it clear over and over again. When Jesus encounters you, you change. Are you there? Let's go to one more scripture here. And then I'll summarize for you. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse number 20. 1 Kings chapter number 19 and verse number 20. says this. So Elisha left the oxen. He ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye. And then I will follow you. Go on back, Elijah replied. For what have I done to you? Verse number 21. So Elisha turned back from him, took his pair of oxen and slaughtered them with the oxen's equipment. He cooked the meat and he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow and serve Elijah. I want to read that again for you. Verse number 21. So Elijah turned back from him he took his pair of oxen and slaughtered them with the oxen's equipment. He cooked the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow and serve Elijah. And as I read this, and this is a little bit of, a little bit of the scripture that I'm going to speak to on New Year's. Um, I'm just going to give you a taste of it. But as I read the scripture, the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said this, See what Elisha does. Elisha gets an invitation from Elijah. And Elisha gets pulled to go after Elijah. But before he can move on, he needs to burn the past. And he takes those 20 oxen. And by the way, the oxen, uh, 20 oxen with all of the stuff that he had, that's, that was a lot of money. Elisha is not, is not poor, by the way. He doesn't have nothing. He's got a lot of stuff going for him. He's wealthy. But he burns, he burns the cattle or he cooks the cattle. He cooks the, he cooks the cattle. He puts everything upon the altar. He sets a light to it. He feeds the people and he moves on. And as I read the scripture, the Lord spoke to me. And this is what the Lord said to me. Is your past an altar? Or is your past an anchor? Let me say that again. Is your past an altar? Or is your past an anchor? Does other people benefit from that that you put upon the altar? Or is your past an anchor? And I want to encourage you this morning to say my past is not an anchor. And if it was, was, if it was an anchor or it is an anchor, that you will get rid of that anger, anchor. That you can get rid of it completely and move on. Come on, are you guys there? Let me say it like this. It can only qualify as an altar if somebody else benefits from it. How do we know? Because the scripture here tells us that Elisha put the, the cattle upon it and he gave food to the others to eat and other people benefited from the sacrifice. May I say it this morning very clearly that everybody hears me. 
God does not want 2023 to become an anchor to you, nor 2022, nor 2021, nor 2020. Everything that has been or has transpired in your life is part of the story, but it's not the final say. It's not the final say. Because you're still here. And if you're still here, change can happen. Come on, do I have somebody where that is with me? If you are still here, change can occur. Life can occur. Anything can happen. Come on, God can interrupt a story like this. Let me give you one example. 40 years, Moses walks around. Please listen to me. 40 years, Moses walks around um, in the palace. The age of 40, he flees. For 40 years, he spends time in the desert. For 40 years. Until such a time that God shows up. And God takes this, the, the bush and He makes it burn and He speaks to Moses. He says, you have wasted enough time. 40 years have come and gone. It's enough. Now I'm going to send you back. May I say it like this? We cannot always wander around in the wildernesses of life. Wonder what could have been. Let me say it like this. Have you ever met people that speak to you about what they did when they were younger more than what they are about to do with God? Have you ever met people that said, you know, when I was young, I was this. When I was at school, I was that. When I was at university, I was this. Have you met people like that? Come on, just show me. Or when I was 30, this happened. Or when I was 35, I, I did this. Let me help everybody here present. Your future must outspeak your past. Let me, let, me, let me say it like this. When I was 35, you know, I had two businesses. Well, change the language. When you're 45, own 10. When I, was, when, I was, uh, when I was at school, I was so fit, you know. I was, in this, I was in this class and I did that and I ran five kilometers. Well, change the story and say, when I'm 50, I'm going to run 15 kilometers. I'm going to be even in better shape than when I was when I was 20. What are you doing? You are redeeming the time. Let's say you sit here this morning and, you, and you've had a grudge. You are angry at somebody. And you've been angry at them or you've been offended at them for the last two years. Then for goodness sake, pick up the phone, make the call, forgive the person, redeem time. Stop being stuck. Come on church, are you guys with me? It's not, worth, it's not worthwhile your time, nor their time, nor anybody's time to waste time. Say as tomorrow morning happens, Christmas, Jesus, thank you. You were born. Thank you that you died for me. And now I will live for you. Come on, Empower Church. I want to close off with a saying. Jesus stands outside. Just change the tune for me. Jesus stands outside of, of the tomb of of Lazarus and as he stands outside the tomb of Lazarus the Bible says he says Lazarus come forth and I've, I've read John 11 like I don't know 500 times 
But as I was reading it again, the Lord spoke to me differently about it. And the Lord says, now I want to see, I want to show you something. Jesus stands outside of the tomb of Lazarus and He calls out, He says, Lazarus, come forth. Outside of the tomb, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that the dead man came out, wrapped from top to bottom. And the Lord says, see, I want you to see something here. See how Lazarus that is dead hears my voice. Lazarus is dead, folks, yet he hears the word of the Lord. And then the Lord gave me a secret. He said this. It said, often what stops your ability to hear my voice is your flesh is still alive. Don't let another year happen to you. Don't just walk into this year aimlessly. Paul the Apostle says, I beat this. He says, I, I don't just beat this up. I don't just exercise this body. But when it comes to the Spirit, I'm accurate. I want to encourage you before this new year comes. And I know tomorrow is Christmas. And I pray that you celebrate this, this Christmas well of your family. But don't waste another minute. Make your talent count. Make your gifting count. Make the purpose of why you are here count. If you have a business, make it greater. I'll say it again. If you are a business person here, think bigger of God. If you are a teacher here, think bigger of God. If you are a dreamer here, dream bigger of God. Just dream bigger. We owe God to dream big. And let me maybe say it like this. It's not, and I know this is going to sound a little bit like, like a cliche, but folks, it's really not church. It's really not how you started. It's how you're going to finish this. How are you going to go about and the awesome thing that I've learned about the Lord, this is why you have to take this time. And as you, most of you are, I know you're going you're gonna to enjoy today. You should because it's Christmas Eve. Give some gifts. Love some people. Make some phone calls. Just love people. Appreciate people. Life is not about the accumulation of things. Life is about accumulating people. We can always lose things. Losing people, much harder. Are you there? Then tomorrow, let's celebrate King Jesus together. And then as we go towards the new year, one day at a time, start to wait upon the Lord. Take time out. Take time out in your schedule. Take time out and go sit with God and say, Lord, what do you want from me? What is my instructions? I'll end with what I started off the sermon with. What is success? Success is not what I have done. Success is, were I obedient as I was doing it? That's success. God says, were you obedient? Come on, give Jesus some praise.
Amen and amen. I want to encourage you today. I, I'm two minutes over time. Yeah, I want, to, I want to encourage you today to say God wants to redeem time. God wants to redeem time and friendships. God wants to redeem time and relationships. God wants to redeem time and marriages. May God redeem time in every area of your life. May God redeem that time in your business. May God redeem that time in the marriage. May God redeem that time in your finances. May God redeem the time in your body. May God redeem it. And may you say, yes, Lord, I receive redemptive power to come back into my life in every area of my life in Jesus' mighty name. I want to close off with a thought. In 2023, I, I was just having this thought a lot during this during my time that I was away with my family. In 2023, you don't, some, we were at many places that we didn't have all the answers. Let me say that again. We didn't have all the answers, but we had Him. Let me help you. We don't always have to have the answer to move. As long as you have Him. Because as you go, He goes with you. More importantly, this is what I found out many times of the Lord. As He go, I can follow. Why? I trust Him. It's never, 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 never led me to a place that I did not want to be. Or let me reword it. He's many times led me to a place that I didn't want to be. He's never led me to a place for my destruction, but it's always led me to places for my redemption. Let Him lead you. Come on, church. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Jump to your feet. And I want you to say today with me that the Lord's going to redeem it. That God's going to redeem that relationship. That God's going to redeem that situation that God's going to redeem that circumstance, that God's going to redeem it. Are you there? Are you with me? Can I give you a testimony? Just quickly. It will help everybody. I think I've shared it before. I don't remember if I shared it here or I shared it in Cape Town. I preach in so many of the different churches, but I, I want to give you just a testimony. The other day I met somebody I, I was walking in a specific place and as I was walking in a specific place, the Lord said to me, stop. I stopped. The Lord said, sit. I said, sit. I said, Shannon, we need to sit. The Lord says, right here. She was looking at me weird. She said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. The Lord just says we must eat here. I, we can, I know there's many other restaurants, but God wants us to sit right here. Um, and then as we were sitting there, here comes in a person that, that did a lot of wrong to my family. A lot of wrong to my family, specifically to my mom and to my dad. And as this person walks in and they did a lot of wrong and I, I sat there for a moment and this is the first time I see this person in a, lot, in, a, in a long time. And I cannot tell you how good it felt just to go with a smile on my face and a loving heart and nothing else and I could feel like I could just be different and I could love them and that's, and that's, there's many, much more to the story, but I could leave the person and the place feeling like I've conquered all of the years before. Now I ask myself, who sets up meetings like that? 
It's the Lord. Right? Because I don't know where the person is and where they live and where they stay. May I pray over you in this day that the Lord will set you up for many breakthroughs. That the Lord will set you up for many redemptive moments. That you have the chance to be like Jesus and say, let's redeem the moment. Let's redeem the hour. And that as you go into 2024, that there will not be one single baggage piece upon your shoulders, but that you will be light and full of the Spirit as you go into a new year. Amen. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. There we are, everybody. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you redeem time. Father, redeem time physically, spiritually, and emotionally in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that in this day, you redeem time. Father, thank you that as I move towards 2024, that I will see many moments of your redemptive power in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, that you are the redeemer of time. In Jesus' name. Father, set me up for moments of great redemption. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.